I like, I like history. I like reading history. I like context. I'm sure we have many of you here, some big history buffs. I've been watching a documentary. It's a couple years old. It's a great documentary from the History Channel uh, on U.S. US Grant, General Grant, and his leadership. And I'm sure many of you there have, uh, maybe have seen that, and as well have gone to Gettysburg to walk those very fields, that those fields where that great battle, that great battle in the north and the south had consecrated, as Abraham Lincoln said, consecrated that field by the blood of the soldiers who believed in freedom and believed in this country. We walk those fields to remember that something of something great, that significance that took place in time, a very, very consequential event. St. Matthew likes context, likes history, likes geography. So in this gospel, he refers to Isaiah 8, which we read minutes earlier. He read about the land of Naphtali and Zebulun. Why were they mentioned? They were the first tribes in the north. There had been a civil war after King Solomon had died. The civil war, ten tribes went north, two states, two states south. Not too long after, 700 years approximately before Matthew wrote the gospel, the Syrians took over the northern tribes. They invaded. And Zebulun and Naphtali were the first ones that were taken over into exile. Assyria's way of conquering the people wasn't just holding the ground and letting the people pay taxes like the Romans. They were there to completely obliterate any lineage that they had. So there was forced marriage and Therefore, the purity of the Israeli, of all those tribes, got watered down completely, and they disappeared. And hence, the Samaritans came around. But over the centuries, as the Jews from the tribe of Judah were the ones that were faithful, you could say they weren't diluted, they developed a deep hatred toward the Samaritans, toward those ten tribes that were diluted by the Assyrians. They were of no significance to the Jews, that is, to the, especially the leaders. So Matthew's insistence on geography of where Jesus begins his ministry is important because it's highlighting that it begins smack dab in the middle of darkness, in the middle where Assyria came in to destroy and obliterate God's holy people. Those lost sheep of the house of Israel is where Jesus began the restoration. And that's why Naphtali and Zebulun are excited and happy through in this prophet that the Savior is coming to them first. And I think it's an important point that, that as well that uh, Jesus teaches us by his actions is that he takes each one where they are. 
That should be a great comfort for each one of us. He approaches us where we are, where we are in our lives, where we are in our hearts. He doesn't wag a finger of judgment at us. He says, come to me, all you who are labored and are burdened. I will refresh you. But he doesn't just stop taking us, that is, meeting us where we are. He does invite us. He invites us to freedom. He invites us to happiness. He invites us to light, which is, which we will find through repentance from sin. Sin does not bring joy. Sin does not bring light. Sin does not bring freedom. It brings all the other stuff that we fight against. So, when we do repent, how should our contrition be? Should it be, oh, I'm getting sick and tired of falling. I'm finally going to do it. I'm finally, you know, grinding our hands and fists until our knuckles are white. I'm going to do it, finally. Is that how we should repent? Should the repentance be as well? Maybe we can fall into this. I'm so tired of falling. Anyway, come on, Father, come on. What does it matter? Let's look at a crucifix and see how much it mattered to Jesus, our repentance. He desires our repentance. He doesn't desire lukewarmness. He desires our love-filled contrition, not white-knuckling. Contrition, true contrition, has no harshness. It springs from the love of God. It does not come before the mind as some sort of duty. I got to do this. It springs out of the heart by the necessity of its own inspiration. It's the longing of a soul burdened with the sense of defilement to be conformed to the holiness of him whom it loves springs from the love of God, not from the hatred of sin. We cannot rise to love by hatred, but we must pass on from the love of God then to the hatred of what he hates. So that's Jesus. That is our Jesus. And then he goes about in that God-forsaken place in the north to bring light, healing, and peace. And he has all of that waiting for each one of us.